0: Four, three, two, one. You're listening to Racing World, brought to you by Perspective Group. It's your motorsport podcast show in conjunction with Race Control Magazine.
1: Well, here we are, December already, almost Christmas time, almost the end of the year. One big thing to wrap up today with Bob, who will join us shortly, and that's the Formula One World Championship. And boy, oh boy. I'm sure he's gonna have plenty to say on that. Lots of other things happening around the world. Uh, First up, of course, Elio Castroneves unveiled the ticket, which the winner always does, for the 106th running of the Indy 500. We got to get vision of that, so check this out.
0: I've always said we need another four-time winner, and there's nobody more passionate than Elio Castroneves. And he won his fourth Indianapolis 500 this year in a shortened season for him and nobody in the history of our 105 Runnings of the Indianapolis 500 celebrates like Elio Neves. Super excited to be here, and uh, I, I can't thank enough all of you and all the fans, again, for uh, an incredible year, incredible uh, uh, victory, and uh, without you guys, I wouldn't be able to do what I, what I love to do. Nobody since 1992 has had a chance to win five. 2022, you coming back? Of course I'll come back. <laughs> I wouldn't be here right now if I didn't think I have a chance to fight again for the number five. And I'll tell you what right now, we are working very hard. So you better show up next year because something really special is going to happen. And I can't wait to be back in the race car again. You
2: guys, uh, we'll me, five, four, three, two, one. Let's see it.
0: woo You're right, my mouth is not open, I love that. That is pretty good. Oh, my goodness. All right, I know I can do that as well. I've been doing that all the time, and I'm not ashamed about it, you know? This is pretty fun, so. Thank you, Doug, thank you, everyone. This is so special. And unveiling this ticket, no question, uh, this is part of history, and I'm so honored uh, to be part of uh, Indianapolis uh, 500 history. Thank you.
1: And then on the domestic front, big shout out to John McCullum and the team at Lucas Oil Western Springs Speedway. Man, oh man, you guys tried. You tried hard. You created the COVID Cup. Everything was there. The first ever Speedway event in New Zealand to be run behind closed doors. And of course, with Speedway, the one thing that you can't have is the rain. And sure enough, two heats in to Saturday night at Western Springs, down came the rain and it just kept on raining. But here's some highlights of what did actually happen.
2: Welcome to my bubble here at Western Springs Speedway. Green flags
0: fly for the first time here at Western Springs Speedway for the season, it's the 84. Ben Kometic getting off to a great start The clock, Maskevich, across the start finish line. Michael Pickett jumps into Midas turn number one, sliding up the track, there we go, and that's that. candy Automotive Machine of Eric Smith running in the third position. We can see some water starting to
1: appear on the lens there. And first time we get to turn a wheel for the 2021-22 series and we put on a special covid cup night tonight and
2: then someone chucks rain into the mix as you can see on on your screen and on your tv at the moment the rippers going around that opens the surface up that will then absorb the water rather than letting it sit on the top and then we'll just go back once the weather clears, we'll just go back to a wheel pack situation, pack the top down, and we'll probably have a better track than what we started with. Let him finish his chips. Because of social distancing, we can't share anything. I can't help him eat his chips. So. No, you just eat your chips, uh, Jonathan, and I'll, uh, I'll talk to myself. Yeah we've tried and tried, the boys have done everything they can to make it work. The rain's coming again. We thought we had about an hour's window to get the feature races run. The COVID's beaten us again.
1: And we'll catch up with things at Western Springs over the summer. Obviously, my production company's involved in that, so it gives us a really good insight into that. Other news that's just come to hand, we'll talk about the Formula One junior test. James Hinchcliffe announced this morning that he's stepping down from full-time IndyCar. I think that you'll see him at the 106 running of the 500 next year, almost certainly. He'll try for a one-off there. Capable of doing that. Been on pole, was on pole in 2016. So we'll see Hinchcliffe there. There's still a bit of shuffling going around. And we mentioned it a few weeks ago, and it's been confirmed by Racer Magazine. So for once, we got ahead of them and the fact that Blair Julian taking up a senior management role now at Ganassi Racing and stepping down from being crew chief of the number nine car. So the Wolfpack's now lost the head wolf, you might say. But Blair just got so much uh, potential in front of him in that role. And we'll probably see him on the timing stands come May as well. So big, big things happening at Ganassi Racing. Big year for Dixon next year as well, I feel. Uh, they always like the uh, to use a, a, a term that Craig Baird once used, retribution. And I think that Dixon will be out for that next year to prove, once and for all, he is one of the greatest all-time IndyCar drivers Anyway, we'll probably chat more about that. This could be the final show of the year because we're well into December now. But let's get down to Formula One and talk with Bob. Right. Oh Well, as promised, here we are once again, Bob. We never quite got back together again. This may, of course, be the last show of the year. But, you know, we might do another one. You you never know. Formula One, done and dusted. Not long till the season starts again now. I don't know where you start, actually. I really don't know where to start today.
2: Well, I mean, the first thing is is done, but it ain't dusted. Um, <laughs> we're just we're waiting for the um, pronouncement from the, uh, the Mercedes team, Toto Wolff or whoever, uh, whether they are going to continue their appeal process um, to higher courts. I hope they don't. That yeah. the you know the championship is done and dusted. I I don't agree with a lot of people saying Max Verstappen was the best driver. I don't think he was. I think Lewis Hamilton was the best driver, but I equally I think both of them deserved to win the championship or deserved to have the title, world champion. I'm just really uncomfortable by the way it um, by the way it turned out in the end. I, I think that was unfair. Uh, I think it was it could have been made more fair by simply having an immediate red flag. Yeah. Everybody comes in. Everybody gets in the positions they should be in everybody then um has a race all on the new tires they want it'll be max and and lewis on the front row we would have had a race to the end yeah um it it uh, would not have disadvantaged other drivers either like um carlos Sainz, who had no chance he was stuck in the second batch of of cars that were not allowed through to unlap themselves he would have had a chance to um to maybe fight with Verstappen and Hamilton, who knows? They would have gone off. He would have won. So I think we, I think we have had a. Um, uh, I, I don't like the way it ended, and there is no precedent for the way it ended. It was totally against all precedent the way it ended, and I just feel very uncomfortable for that. That it was done, probably with the best will in the world by Michael Massey to yeah. do it that way. You actually have. have a a finish, but he could have had a finish under a red flag and he could, could have avoided a whole bunch of rubbish um, by doing that. But anyway, you know, it's it's, once again, you call it Monday morning quarterback, call it what you like. It's easy to make that decision, me sitting here with that opinion, me sitting here with having no skin in that game. Uh, But he's the man under fire at that particular moment. Added to which he was bloody under fire once again from the two stupid team principals <laughs> lobbying him. I'm glad to see the FIA have now outlawed that as they, of this morning. They're writing a rule that there will be no lobbying from anybody onto yeah. the race director's well, the race director, yeah,
1: End of the day, the race director has a job to do. Whether you like it or not, he has a job to do. Just leave him alone and let him get on with his job. That's he's under enough pressure to keep the thing going at any given time just before I go on looking back at that I know we debated it quite some time ago before we even started this podcast show there was an Indy 500 that got very close to a similar situation and they chose to red flag and then did effectively about a a 10 lap dash from memory I I think when you get that close to a finish you do have to adopt that philosophy because it was either going to finish under yellow or as we had a, a one-lap sprint, and neither of those are necessarily very fair. If it had finished under a yellow, then you can guarantee Horner and co would have been having the massive whinge and, yeah. and sort of being robbed yeah. and everything. It was a very, very unfortunate situation. I think amazing effort by Lewis. That last quarter of the season, he just came back strong. Mercedes played some good cards, but Red Bull played some very good cards too, you know, like using... Perez to help draft Max Round in qualifying, very, very smart. Um, I thought uh, Sergio, you know, played his part as the team number two, far better than, and and I've always been a a slight soft fan of his, but far better than what Alex Albon ever could have. So Perez will be uh, in the good books with Dr. Helmut Merica, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, probably so. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that the winner of the championship is the driver with the most points. Max Verstappen, in that case, deserves it. I don't like the way, and I've never been shy of saying, I don't like the way that Horner and um, Marco go about their business, with being seemingly the, you know, they're always doing it against us, they're always doing that. That even happened at the end of the race, when Horner was trying to get the cars removed, the lap cars removed, between Max Verstappen and and, um, Lewis Hamilton. He was on the radio then to Michael Massey and uh, Max Verstappen was saying, oh, typical, they're all against us and all sorts of things. They have got a major chip on their shoulder, the whole team, that they need to get rid of. Stop, you know, and and a lot of Max's driving was questionable, to say the least. Um, And I don't think any of Lewis Hamilton's driving was questionable, with the possible exception of Silverstone. Um, so, I think Lewis Hamilton was the best driver, but the fact is the best driver doesn't always win. No. And um, the best driver did not win in this case. Max Verstappen did, therefore, he is the best driver. He's the world champion this year, and good on him. I didn't. I wasn't rooting for either one in that race. No, either one. A race. It was a damn good race, that's all. And we had a good race at the beginning. We had a good race between Hamilton and, and uh, Perez in the middle and we had a hell of a race at the end. The rest of it, to be honest, was fairly ordinary because Lewis Hamilton was driving away at will and stayed driving away at will. So was he screwed at the end? Yes, he was. But. The alternative, no, I don't know. I'm not going to no. criticise it now. of well, those the, things.
1: The, the big thing too for Mercedes is obviously they walk away with an eighth constructors' title, which is something that's kind of got lost in all of this. And and we know yeah. how important that is to a manufacturer. That's that's money in the bank, well and truly. It's pit lane priority for next year. All sorts of things. And for Mercedes to be the number one constructor at the end of the era of this type of car as well is you could call that mission accomplished because 2022, all new cars, all new way of doing things. Uh, We'll see who comes out of the blocks firing on that. I got a thing here, I've been dying to do this for you because you know how well I'm into stats, especially after all our years at Indianapolis and dealing with Americans and stats and traditions. So I got this actually from one F. Alonso the other day. And here it is. In 2005, when Fernando won his first world championship, sorry, I got to put my glasses on to read his email. He was 24 years old. And, yeah. and the person that uh, came second that year was 36 years old. His name was Michael Schumacher. Yeah. 2021, the winner of the World Championship, Max Verstappen, and he was 24 years old. The person who came second in the championship, Lewis Hamilton, and he was 36 years old. There you go. There's a little stat for you.
2: Yeah, well, um, I'm proud of it yeah. anyway. What can I say? It's um, <laughs> i forgotten that Lewis Hamilton was 36. I thought he was younger than that, but anyway, that's what he says. That's what he says.
1: So um, quite a lot yeah. lost anyway. A, a 24 and a 36, uh, you know, multiple years apart, but. Anyway, the championships done and dusted, Ferrari I think did a good job at the end, they, they outclassed your, your mates at McLaren, but as we said, we think that the development that stopped at McLaren was more towards 2022. Big turnaround now for Alpha. obviously both drivers gone, new drivers in next year, be very interesting to see how that goes. A lot of weight on Valtteri Bottas to kind of turn that team around a little bit in many ways.
2: Yeah, I th- yeah, there's there's all sorts of things that have gone, got to go on with all sorts of teams. I mean, Danny Ricciardo really has to look at um, look at his driving, how he's driving, and step up because he's not he's no. not worthy no. of that seat when Lando Norris is doing what he's doing in the car. And you can only try and beat your teammate. And and frankly, um, Ricciardo, on balance over the years, has not been near Lando Norris. No. And I accept the fact that the only race they won this year was run by Danny Ricciardo. Uh, so, you know, obviously it works for him now and again. But uh, it's consistency that brings you up in the championship and, and that didn't happen. Yeah, the,
1: probably probably sort of the, the result of that at Ferrari yeah. where Signs, who was also new to the team, just like Ricciardo was at McLaren, actually rose to the occasion across the championship year and Leclerc kind of didn't, so it went the other way. And Carlos openly admitted, just as as Ricardo was earlier in the year, these are new cars for us. We've got to adapt to them, and I, and Carlos did a good job, and he ultimately he outshone Charles Leclerc at Ferrari. But I think that that's a strong pairing for the future.
2: Yes, he did, and I I said at the beginning of the year, I think it's one of the strongest driver pairings that um, that there are there. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Just going back to the Massey thing now. If the if the um, if the race director can change the rules or adapt the rules or take a view on the rules as they are written that effectively means he makes a decision, does that now mean that there's no rule book at all? It's just done on the opinion of the race director? Because that's something that's got to be sorted out by the FIA and I think they're going to sort it out. What, whatever I mean, you know, yeah. whatever happens next is 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 we'll see whatever happens next. Please don't take it legally anyway. I mean, there's lots of other I, stuff. I could I carry, carry on about this subject for the next hour, but everybody in the world with a keyboard has had a say on it, and I'm, yeah. done. And I'm kind Bull- of over it, to be honest.
1: Red Bull have already announced that if Mercedes appeal it, then they'll appeal the appeal, and it'll just be yeah. gone. So it's like, let it go, moving on, uh, and, and that's the way it is. And as for yeah. Michael Massey, look, he's a great straight shooter guy. I knew him in V8 supercar days. Um, I don't think it's time to start a witch hunt necessarily in his direction. Uh, these, a lot of these things are heat of the moment decisions, no different than, say, Toto throwing a headset or Christian doing whatever Christian does. They happen, but the intentions are all, I, I firmly believe, are all for good. Uh, and he is an unbiased guy as well. I don't think there's a bias towards any particular driver they can't afford to be. No. You know, other, no. He's a straight shooter when it comes to that. If there was any,
2: If there was any bias... To be, bla- to be laid at his door. The bias was wanting to make a finish yes. of, of, by racing in an extreme fashion rather than um, going on normal precedent. If that race had been in the middle of the year and it had been at Imola and it didn't really matter, but, you know, it's just another race, it wouldn't have ended like that. No. So therefore, by making it end like that, it was a man- manipulation of the, of the circumstance and simply by manipulating it, Leaves you open to a charge of manipulation. So yeah. anyway, as I say, I'm, I'm over it now completely. It's what will happen will happen. I look forward to March, whatever it is next year when we start again, which ain't that far away, to be honest. Okay. But we'll start again with new cars, with new big wheels on, as we've seen this uh, this week testing or yesterday testing in um, in Qatar, where um, Liam Lawson did not have big wheels on his car, but he might as well have done because. He was second fastest which i think is a really good uh, really good outing from him and it's amazing i don't know if you um if you've read what pato award said about um, the formula one car he said there is nothing like it in the world nothing prepared him for that car nothing in indycar nothing anywhere prepared him for that car so there's, people say, "What's the difference between IndyCar and Formula One?" There's the difference. Well, there is
1: the, the interesting thing from Paddo in a comment that I read today, which came out of, you know, the Arrow IndyCar team as opposed to the McLaren Formula One team, but same organisation. Was Pato was saying that he was totally wrecked after the test? Um, yeah, he's and, dead. He's next. He really yeah. Yeah. drivers uh, that have come over from Formula One to IndyCar, including Grosjean, Holkenberg, you know, various others, even Callum Ilott. They've said, "God, these things are hard to drive. The physical. I'm absolutely, you know, buggered." But here you've got Pat Award saying the same thing back the other way. But there was a comment that Liam Lawson made yesterday, which I saw and then saw on television as well. The fact that it was knowing that he was doing 300, over 340 k an hour and breaking at the 70 meter mark, and 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 the head adjustment around that. That is Formula One. That is, that is what Formula One is. Is all about the ability to be able to do that. And that's where it takes its toll on people. I think the test has been good. There's lots of intrigue in it. A few people doing good things in the timesheet. What's it mean going forward? Not a lot, really, in some ways. You know, Pato's there because of the fact that he had a bet with Zach Brown if you won an IndyCar race, you get a test. So, but you just never know. You never know what's been evaluated, do you? And uh, we will uh, see how that transpires.
2: The junior drivers, including Power Award, they were just driving basically the standard car as it finished on, on Sunday evening. Yeah. You know, that was two of the other, lots of the other drivers were doing the 18 inch wheel tests and, and things like that. And, and most of them were doing something specific to the test, either being a young driver or a test driver or whatever. Um, and something else Liam Lawson said was he'd been on the um, computer, on the simulator quite a lot thinking that there is no way that when the actual Formula One car goes around, it can be this fast. There's no way. So they've obviously speeded it up for him to get the reactions. And then he said, actually driving the car is even faster. Things happen much quicker. And yeah, yeah, there's quite a a gap, a divide between being a driver and a Formula One driver, but quite a gap and a divide. But that's why they're all worthy of being there. Um, although one guy that wasn't there at the weekend, Mazepin, um, he got COVID or something. So, in all honesty, I don't think anybody missed him because it would have only been another chicane in the, um, in the way of doing things on the, yeah, tr- the track. All in all, season done. Yep. Season done. I can't believe it was a Mercedes engine driver that caused <laughs> the, the aggravation at the end. But there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, thanks, Williams. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, know,
1: I, think, I think it's been a good season. We've had a, had a great season. We had, a, you know, you know, finally we actually had a Formula One World Championship that went right to the wire. We've had that for seventeen years in IndyCar, uh, and it, it was great to see Formula One do that because I think it, I think ultimately it needed it. It's had a lot of other things that have worked very well for it, like the Netflix series and stuff like that. But nothing beats this because now for the next two months, people are going to talk about that one event. During the off season, so you go into the off season with a lot of momentum about what might happen next year. So I think that that's fantastic. Was you know, IndyCar finished quite a while ago. Now, do we hear ourselves talking about Alex Palau? No, we don't. You know, it just it's just under the wood now. So I think that, you know, there's some good things to come in domestic motorsport in New Zealand. Well, that'll get going as well. Obviously, speedway will get going eventually, uh, all based on our our traffic light system, but. Um, it's been a great motorsport year, really. It really has. And the Kiwis have done themselves proud across all the areas they've been in. You look at it, Van Gisbergen, um, Emma Gilmore driving for McLaren and off-road next year. The boys in F2. Uh, the stuff that's happened in the USF series and the Road to Indy series. You know, New Zealanders have been everywhere this year. And that's a great testament to a little country in the middle of nowhere, really, isn't it?
2: It is. So you say motorsport's been good. It's been crap in New Zealand because it's well, been decimated completely. But um, we actually start next Friday in a way because there's the media day and the TR86 um, days at Hampton Downs with other cars testing, racing, whatever. They're not a big official race meeting or anything, but it's a race meeting. Um, and I mean, it's it's starting because there's, I don't know, there's all sorts of people driving 86s this year. I think the, um, the organisers of the 86 series, Jeff Short and all, have got a fantastic grid. I think maybe 22 cars now, which is, um, which is pretty darn good. Maybe more by the time Friday comes around because there's somebody being announced every day. So we have got things to look forward to. We've yep. got a New Zealand Grand Prix that's going to happen. I don't know who's driving there or in, well, I know in what, but... Uh, in, in what liveried cars or whatever. So yeah, there's, there's all sorts of things to look forward to, I guess, because there ain't no point looking back now. I mean, what, what's happened is done and dusted. And, and in New Zealand, we didn't have much going on for us. Um, but around the world, as you say, we've got champions in lots of places. And, um, and I do look forward to the testing of Barcelona to see who's got what sorted mm. and hasn't in Formula One, that is. And then the actual first race, and how many races next year? 23, is it? I yeah. mean, for goodness yeah. sake, this is been just getting a bit too much, I think, on races. I think they could um, outdo themselves. Um, yeah. It's going to be hard to watch all that a lot will so, tell you at 2 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, you'll
1: be able to clear off your Sky hard drive recorder and get it ready for next season. So I'm going to put you in the spot yeah. before we finish the show today. I've got one in mind because I've just thought of it. Pick one moment of the year that stands out to you from any category of racing, one moment.
2: Uh, do you know, I'm not even sure I could sit here and answer that immediately because nothing springs to mind. The I think probably uh, I'd have to go category by category. I You know, the Grand Prix this last year, I, I thought that was fantastic with Shane and all that sort of stuff. That was a collective moment um, with Shane winning. No, I can't, I can't pick a... I watch too much motorsport to have one one specific uh, thing come out of it. There's all sorts of things. Um, Carl Larson uh, winning NASCAR after being uh, knocked out of NASCAR because of things he said. Um, I, there's probably a dozen things, as I said here, so I'm intrigued how you can pluck one out.
1: Well, I, well, I'm only plucking one out because I actually did it at the beginning of the show as well, but it's um, Elio Castroneva's winning four times at Indy. And the photo taken with what was then the four club, if you like, because we we lost uh, an answer this week. So that photo will never be repeated again. Um, and the fact that the four of them were there as four-time winners of the Indy 500, and he's the only person who could potentially go for five and make history. I think that that's amazing. It's, it's at the moment of the year, I don't know, but it's one that I thought of. And I thought, well, I'll chuck that in there and see what you came up with. And you very nicely sat on the fence. So well done to you. Well, no, I, I'm not sitting on a fence. I'm just saying <laughs> there, is, there isn't one
2: specific um, thing. Fresh in the mind, of course, is last weekend. Um, you know, that's... that's But that's not done yet. Well, I hope it's done. The Mercedes have got until 8 o'clock, uh, 8 p.m. tonight, yes. UK time or European time, to decide if they're going to take it further or not. Um, but, but anyway... You know, that's done and dusted. All all I can look forward to now is not um, having to get up at two o'clock in the morning to watch a motor race or one o'clock or a Formula One race. That's all, just for a little while. And then, hopefully, we start in Australia or whatever and, you know, I don't know, maybe even go to it. We'll see how it pans out. Yes, well, there's
1: a lot of talk about the fact that Sydney's uh, quite keen to get a Formula One Grand Prix again and and take it to Melbourne. And I saw uh, in an email I got a couple of days ago the assets of... uh, the Adelaide circuit all being sold off. You could buy, like, the lights and bits of the grandstand and all sorts of stuff, so there is no more Adelaide yeah, circuit. But
2: that, that's it's interesting not- because the Adelaide um, council or the mayor or the state, whatever, they want the uh, Clipsal, whatever it's called, yeah, um, to be back there um, because they they've suddenly realised that that brought an awful lot of money and kudos into, into Adelaide. I think Melbourne will keep the Grand Prix. I don't think that... Um, Sydney will wrest it from them because Melbourne does, it does a damn good job around uh, Albert Park. That's a bloody good place for a race. Wherever you have it in Sydney, well, if it's 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 a street race, where the hell are you gonna have it in Sydney as a street race? I don't know, but but they've obviously got ideas. But no, I mean, I did notice uh, or read something today that it's intriguing, that um, because Formula One has got so popular at the moment around the world, Netflix, America, whatever, and all this going on. I mean, it's on the newscasts, you know, on on our news, it's there. Um, That all the circuit owners who have Grand Prix are rushing to get their contracts Mm -hmm. done because Uh they realize there are so many new people that want to have Grand Prix in their countries and they can't possibly go to them all, can't do more than 23, although I said that, 20. Um, So yeah, it's incredibly interesting that uh, at the moment, uh, Liberty Media, the FIA, Formula One, riding riding a bit of a crest of a wave. So hopefully we get that crest to continue.
1: Our dear friend Bernie would have liked that because he would have been able to play them all off against each other and watch the dollar value go up, up and up and then play the same game with all the broadcasters as I only know too well. So, well, I'm going to leave you with it. We'll probably catch up next week and look back at the season, the highs and the lows, and it'll give you a chance to think of a few moments. Great week for Formula One, really, at the end of the day. Let's just hope that it ends how it ended on Sunday. We don't need any more carry-on enough said on the matter, Max Verstappen, world champion, Mercedes constructors champion, see you again in 2022 Formula 1. Bob, it's been fantastic this year. As I said, let's do it again next week and review the entire year, pick our moments of the year and uh, and look back at it. To everyone that's watching the show today, if you've got a comment or you've got a moment, then send us a comment and we'll talk about it next week, uh, no matter what the comment is, and maybe it might even be one that's equal to ours.
2: Mm, yeah, well, yeah, please comment. I love... Uh... I love arguing with people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, go for it. All right, DT, thanks very much. You're most welcome. Thank you again for joining us on Racing World, and we'll see you again next week. That's Bob McMurray, my great mate that we've spent nearly most of the year apart from each other, but we'll get back together one day soon. Well, there you go. That pretty much wraps it up for, I think, probably 2021 in terms of the number of shows. We've made 46 shows this year. There's been over 19,000 hours viewed on YouTube. So I thank you from my heart for that. This has been a lifelong creation and the technology we have these days enables us to do it. So don't forget to share and like and subscribe to us. There will be things coming, uh, maybe not a full show until January, I uh, wish you all the very best, no matter where in the world you are for Christmas. Thank you for supporting this. We've got some great things in mind for 2022, including returning to Indy. So just wait. Until then, take care. Stay safe. It's COVID safe. All the very best to you and your families. And thanks again for supporting us in work. world.